When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You remember this one, right? Not a clue. Not a clue? Nothing? Em, do you know this song? Sounds familiar, but I don't know the name of the song. Or hey, this is just our world. Yeah, it's Lil Wayne. Come on. Sound like okay. my daddy. You know this song. Play a Taylor Swift song and see if you guys know the name of the song. No idea what this is. Play it. We listen. Don't don't challenge Jorge and I with Taylor Swift. Exactly. We probably wouldn't know it. Exactly. We probably wouldn't know. We probably wouldn't know any of them. Okay, we were we we just getting into this, and I think the point that you were starting to get into about kind of the Dodger strategy now, um, I personally think it's not just the money that Shohei Otani freed for the Dodgers to say, hey, go spend. It's what the Dodgers typically do versus how much that's going to change now because Shohei Otani has given them the ability to go side. But the Dodgers, just because they're the second largest market in the country doesn't mean the Dodgers are stupid with their money. This is what makes them, I think, such a consistent team. The market has not... The amount of money they have has not dictated, well, let's just go spend money. They make what feels like smart decisions, maybe sometimes too smart for their own good, where they're not taking enough risks, taking enough chances. So i am let you get back into your point that you were making. Well, I mean, to, to some degree, you have, you have Otani now. Okay. So that puts a pressure on you as an organization that you need to be in the best position possible to win right now. And you need to be going for it right now. And going for it obviously means spending. But the flexibility of, I mean, like unheard of flexibility with Otani's contract also allows you to go for it in ways that you might not otherwise, because you don't have to think about the ramifications as much. Like, if Otani was not deferring so much of this money, yeah, even with the idea of okay, you have Otani, you got to go for it. Do I know for sure? Or do I feel confident that they would be doing this deal for Glassnow? No, because Glassnow still is a type of guy that they would often be reluctant. That's what under I'm normal circumstances. And, and, and that's my only point is I thought, oh, they're doing this because he's got one year left at twenty five million dollars. Tampa's not going to pay that. Um, I think Manuel Margot has $10 million. So Tampa, $35 million off the book. That makes sense. Right, but if they were giving Otani a full 70 mil every year, yeah. even though, obviously, by definition, if you bring in Otani, that means you, you need to be trying to maximize this time. It doesn't make any sense to do it unless you're going to be maximizing it. If you just have to pay him the full boat every year, I'm not sure that they do this deal for Glass now because there are risks that come with his... Past health injuries. That risk the, is going to still be there. Right. That it's still going to be there. Mm-hmm. It's going to be carrying into like his mid-30s. Mm-hmm. So without that flexibility, like, okay, the Dodgers we know. But have, can I stop you right there? Sure. That's, I think, the point that I'm getting at is it's not a typical Dodger move. Whether Shohei says, hey, here's all the money. Go spend how you need to. It's still not a typical Dodger right, but, move. And how much is that strategy changing now? Not based on how much money was freed up, but it's the pressure of Shohei saying, right well, now, I, we got to win right I think now. It's, here's the thing, though. I think it's both. Because they've had this all-in pressure 
anyway. Mm-hmm. They have been an all-in team for a while. They've you know the minute you bring in Mookie to that type of money, Freddie Freeman to that type of money, the type of yearly, if nothing else, that they've been willing to give Kershaw and and other guys on that team, they've been willing to spend, but. They were paying all those guys their full contracts every year. So it does create a different economic pressure with Otani being here and largely getting paid when he's done playing baseball. Mm-hmm. That ge- that gives you maximum confidence, like financial confidence, to say, all right, you know, we wouldn't normally do this thing with Glass now, but we're getting Otani for $2 million a year. Mm-hmm. That makes it easier to make that type of move as opposed to just pressure. It's actually easier now to do it. Like you don't, it doesn't feel as risky giving Glass now this type of money because it's not on top of the 70 million you're paying Otani right now, on top of Mookie's yearly, on top of Freddie's yearly. Still risky on that contract. It is risky, but it feels less risky. Mm -hmm. Like I actually wonder if. You know, the Dodgers have obviously been earmarking Otani for a while. We've known this, and there was a lot of suspicion that That's last why they year, didn't do anything last right. year, yep. If they had known, okay, like through your back-channeling, your tampering, yep. whatever you want to call it. He's coming, and not only is he coming, he's only going to take $2 million a year for 10 years. I wonder if they would have spent more on last year's roster mm-hmm. and just try to go as all-in as possible last year because it's like, you know what, it doesn't matter because we're not paying Otani the bulk of this Till down, way down the road. We'll figure out down the road, down the road. Let me take a quick call here. Uh, by the way, if you want to be a part of the show, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-ESPN. Jeff in Long Beach. Uh, Jeff, what's going on? Thank you for calling in. What's going on, boys? Love the show. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Hey, you guys touched earlier on um, uh, talking about the scope of the uh, the Otani trade and like what it's going to end up meaning. And you touched on the uh, the, the comp of the, the Gretzky trade. But the interesting about that thing is that, you know, um, you, the jury's going to have to stay out. Like, we didn't really know what the Gretzky trade meant until he left. You know what I mean? I think the, the you think about it, the closest geographic team to the Kings when Gretzky came to the Kings was in Vancouver. And by the time he left, we had San Jose, Anaheim, Phoenix, Dallas, Colorado. Like, all of that expanded. And that you can tie it all directly to him coming to Los Angeles. Major League Baseball is in such a place that, like, we're not going to expand like that. So it's we're going to have to see, like, what what does the trade actually mean on, like, you know, I guess we're going to have to judge it on a, on a global scale now. Like, does it actually change? Is, is there, like, a seismic shift? You know what I mean? Like, what, what do you guys think? Do you think this is actually going to resonate like that? Appreciate you calling in, Jeff. I, I will say it's – there's two franchises that Shohei could have gone to where I think there is a, a seismic shift. If he's playing for the New York Yankees or if he's playing for the Los Angeles Dodgers. And I think those two specific organizations, you're taking the most popular player in the league and you're matching them with one of the most popular franchises in the league. Um, in sports, forget just baseball. In sports. Yeah, you're right. It's it's the cream. It's, it's not that much different than LeBron was the most popular player in the NBA and join the most popular yep. franchises, one yep. of the most popular franchises in sports. Yep. There's your marriage. Go with it from there. Um, there is a little bit of a sit and wait. And this is what I mean by sit and wait. If we're sitting here three years from now and Shohei got some playoff appearances, but they still haven't won a World Series, right? That there's, and listen, this is baseball, that you can have, we, we were 
talking about this before the show started. This is how not guaranteed anything is in baseball. The Padres had a Cy Young Award winner in Blake Snell, who was the third best pitcher on that team the year before. Blake Snell, you Darvish, and um, and, and, and uh, Musgrove, a Musgrove for the so. for the three uh, for the three uh, pitchers. You had arguably the best closer in baseball in Josh Hader. You had Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis, Manny Machado, Xander Bogarts, Cron- Jay Cronenworth, yeah. Hassan Kim. Go down the list of all these different players that you had. They didn't make the playoffs. And the Arizona Diamondbacks not just made the playoffs, swept the Dodgers, took care of the Philadelphia Phillies in the process, and then got all the way to the World Series. If there's ever a sport where it's not guaranteed, baseball's probably the one that's that's most likely falls into that front. This only gets bigger from here, obviously, if the Dodgers win. And Shohei gets opportunities not just make the playoffs, but be in World Series. So I, I think the seismic shift he's talking about depends on what happens from here, too. Yeah, I mean, there is a very non-zero percent chance that the Otani era could be considered disappointing. Not because of Otani failing to live up to expectations individually, because I think the odds favor that happening. If nothing else, I think it's pretty safe to assume he's going to be a really good hitter for the rest of his time in baseball. Baseball is a sport of failure. You fail way more often than you succeed. Mm -hmm. Like, think about it. If you're a 300 hitter, you're considered a really good hitter. That means you are not getting hit 70% of the time you're at bat. You might be in the Hall of Fame. Right. Yeah, (laughs) it is a sport of failure. And it is also a sport where there's only so much anybody can do to lift their team, no matter how great you are, because you get maybe five at-bats at most. You can be in the field and... 80% 80% of a game doesn't involve you. Yep. Like it doesn't, The ball doesn't even go to you. And in the sure. case of Otani, he didn't play in the field. Mm-hmm. He didn't play in the field at all. So he's going to get four or five at-bats every game, and assuming he eventually starts pitching again, one out of every five to influence as a pitcher. And an overwhelming majority of the game does not involve Otani at all. Hmm. And that's the way baseball's structured, and that's what – makes this both exciting and risky. As great as Otani is, it's risky. And and this is the one thing that I'll give the Dodgers, and everyone should give them credit for this. Last 10 seasons, all they've said is, well, we'll just get in the postseason, and eventually luck is going to go our way, right? And the answer is no. It has not gone their way, so they can only stack it as much as they can. Let me read off a quote here from Shohei from yesterday. He said, they said when they look back at the last 10 years, he's talking about the Dodgers. Even though they made the playoffs every single year, one World Series ring, they consider that a failure. And when I heard that, I knew that they were all about winning, and that's exactly how I feel. Um, that basically, you know, he's complimenting that the Dodgers are looking at it as, well, what have we really done? And I could tell you this, and you can as well, because you sit in this chair and, and you're interacting. I don't think there's any Dodger fans out there that are saying, they're, it's not that they're not appreciative of how consistent the Dodgers have been to make the postseason, but you can't tell me there's a be- there's a good taste in their mouth over the last 10 years. It feels like it's gone down how many different times where they're disappointed more than they're happy. Again, baseball is a really, really difficult sport to succeed in, which makes it often a really, really difficult experience for it's the fans. Baseball. It's baseball. It's baseball. It's baseball. I mean, it's Dave baseball. said it. 
He just said it. I mean, here's the thing, though. As much as Dodger fans hate hearing that from Roberts, yep. and it doesn't mean that there aren't things you can do better to try to stack the odds in your favor, he is right to some degree. Like, he actually is. Baseball. But, I, I it, it, yes, but I kind of go back to this, and Trav says this all the time. Yeah, but why doesn't luck go their way? As often as luck has gone against them, how come it hasn't fallen their way? And I think that's kind of the point is if you're 10 years – I told you, they're in the playoffs. They've won the division 10 of 11 years. And it's not like they don't have players. Like they have some of the best players that are in the game. It's kind of funny now when people are saying, can you imagine it's going to be Mookie, Freddie, Shohei Otani, whatever three you want. I'm like, a year ago, it was Mookie, Freddie, and Trey Turner. As in, I'm not trying to compare Shohei and Trey Turner. Sure. Trey Turner is a very good baseball player as well, but it's not like they've ever had a lack of talent. But it's, it's, just it's, the a, talent it's a great core. It's a great core. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, there is one quote that I want to read, uh, latest on Yamamoto. We're going to do that when we come back. Plus, if the Rams do don't make the playoffs is it still a success they're sitting at six and five and really a, a good chance of making the postseason we'll do that coming up next travis and sleeper show 710 espn with everyone fighting for attention how can your business stand out and connect with customers easy get constant contact constant contacts award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out stay top of mind and see big results fast Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Come on, Andy. For the YouTube. Come on. <laughs> Fist bump, baby. Come on. You know why This I gone, know. Right? This I know. Yeah, that's kind of the theme of our show. It's turned into this. Ever since Steve Kerr called out the techno music yeah, I at know. the games... Then we, Travis and I, Jorge, Emily, were like, guys, this is genius. That's kind of who we are at our core. 
When I think of Travis, I think of the club, the guy with yep. the suspenders. He's playing with them, the lollipop in his mouth. Yep. Popping Molly. Half you know, backwards. That, yeah, that's Travis. <laughs> um, yeah, Travis is a big raise the roof guy, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's been doing that. Travis goes to here. all the raves, but he leaves by 9 p.m. Uh, or he shows up at like 6.30 a.m. <laughs> and is like, so what's going on? And people are still going. That actually makes a lot of sense. I used to – I there was a period where I was doing Lakers postgame with Travis. Yep. And you know, we'd, we'd have these games that would end at like, you know, we're, we're done with our part of the show at like yeah. 11.30. If you're going Congo room on this, I know where you're going. <laughs> 11, 11.30. Yep. It'd be like a Wednesday night, 11, 11.30. Travis would be genuinely disgusted by all of these people out on a weekday at like 11 o'clock. Like they, yep. that offended him yep. to his very core. I think I figured it out. I think we got it figured out. If the rave started at, let's say, 10 p.m., okay? <laughs> and let's say it goes till noon, like it goes that long. He shows up at 6.30 in the morning. And wherever they are within the rave, he just joins them right there. Yeah, Travis's ideal rave hours are from like 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. <laughs> That's when Travis likes to hit. That's when he likes to hit the after hours. Uh, that's too good. That's right. This is it. This is it. This is it right here. Okay, so I, I want to get into something here real quick. So um, it's kind of interesting. Dan Patrick had Dave Roberts on a little bit earlier today. And I think the thing that we're not talking about right now is Yamamoto. And when I say we're not talking about it, as in that could literally happen on top of everything else that they've already done. Um, and if you look at what some of the pricing is that it seems like it's going to be, um, you're talking about, let's see here, close to about $300 million is what they're saying the market could be for Yamamoto. Wow. Now, th this is a question that I have, um, and I'm going to read a couple quotes here in just a second. If you're Yamamoto, and it's already been reported that Shohei Otani is helping with this yeah. pitch here. I mean, they had some kind of meeting a couple days ago at Dodger Stadium. Mookie Betts was there, Freddie Freeman was there, and so, had, so was Shohei Otani. Um, if you're Yamamoto, it's interesting because I, I get it from both perspectives. Every big market is going after Yamamoto, partially because they didn't get Shohei Otani. So you got the Red Sox, the Yankees, Steve Cohen already flew out to Japan and had a meeting. Um, so it, all the big markets are going after him. So this is easily going to get driven up to the 250 to potentially 300 million. He's only 25 years old as well. So he's probably going to get close to a 10 year deal. If you're Yamamoto, do you want to join this this just super team, the closest thing you could create to a super team in baseball that the Dodgers are building? Or do you want to be on your own island? And again, let's use the New York Yankees as an example. Okay, it doesn't get much bigger than that brand. That's as big of a brand. That's a, I get to own my own market while Shohei Otani is owning his own market. Or no, I, I'm interested in what the Dodgers are doing here and I want to join it as well. I mean, it's it's hard for me to say having, you know, I know absolutely nothing about Yamamoto whatsoever, what his personality's like. But just this the scenarios that are playing out are fascinating to me. It depends how much you want that spotlight on yourself. Like how much does that actually matter to you? 
Because, like, even if you're a Yankee, to some degree, you get swallowed up by the brand of the Yankees. You know what I mean? Like, it is really difficult to become bigger than that brand. So it's like if, if you join a brand that big, to some degree, some of your shine goes away anyway because the brand is bigger than you. But I would say, like, how much do you care about just the experience of winning or, like, trying to stack the odds of winning in your favor? Sure versus wanting to stand out in that winning process because there's more of a chance of being seen as just a really important spoke in the wheel with the Dodgers as opposed to maybe having more of that individual spotlight with the Yankees but I feel like if you just care about what is my what are my best odds to win of the Dodgers plus you've got a guy that you you are familiar with in Otani, sure, and that can that can make your experience of assimilating to American culture, assimilating to a new city, you know, whatever language barrier may exist. I I don't know if it's the same way it is for Otani, for Yamamoto. But I know what you're saying is he, is he going to be just in a more comfortable environment? Right, that's his guy. Those two, by the yeah. way, you know what's kind of crazy here is next year it would be Shohei could be your ace. And I'm just using this as an example. Yamamoto would be your two. And then all the other... If those... Okay, I'm going to say this right now. If those Tyler two... Tyler now potentially your three. I haven't even said... Uh, we, we'll see what happens with Clayton Kershaw. I haven't even said Bobby Miller's name yet. What happens with Walker Bueller and his decision? I haven't said Dustin May. This is a truly inside baseball okay. thing I'm about to bring up that I can promise you no fan listening gives a rat's ass about and I don't blame them but if Yamamoto ends up signing with the Dodgers on top of Otani like I have covered the Dodgers before when like uh Takashi Saito was with the team and he had like two or three reporters just assigned to him like he he was their beat sure, sure. and they would be going to Saito after every game whether mm -hmm. Saito pitched or not getting commentary from sure, him sure. because people in Japan care about Saito's career. 100%. The contingency of Japanese media is already going to be huge for uh, Otani. Mm -hmm. If you have Yamamoto and Otani on the same team, I'm not sure there's going to be enough room in the Dodgers clubhouse there already isn't. for media. Like they, they might have to actually do some degree of like separate sessions yeah. Just for the Japanese media, if you got both those guys in there on top of the media circus, it's just going to be for the English speaking media yep. and the Spanish speaking media. Mm -hmm. Like it will be insane if, but like it will be a logistical thing for the Dodgers to figure out. Dave Roberts on Dan Patrick's show Dodgers are absolutely having Shohei Otani recruit Yoshinobu Yamamoto. They do have a good relationship, so hopefully everything lines up and it would be quite the offseason. Roberts also said L.A. hosted him and thinks they did a really good job. Um, I don't know if Yamamoto said, guys, please don't say anything. If he did, that's why Dave Roberts opened How? up so much about it. Okay. I, well, see, I've got a theory. I think Otani was impressed by Roberts being the only manager in baseball with the stones to be like, yeah, I'll talk about the meeting. Gutful. What of it? Yeah. yeah. As opposed to gutless. No, yeah, he was the only one with guts. Everyone else was gutless. Well, and everyone wanted to blame him, but you know, obviously also, Shohei how ironic came. is it mm -hmm. that 
the guy Otani that will not let us know anything about him at all. Yep. Like this press conference, he said nothing. Mm-hmm. That is the most open and transparent Otani's going to be for the next 10 years. Yeah. Like that was him letting us in that he's the recruiter to go get Yamamoto is kind of crazy. What I thought was interesting too from yesterday from the um the press, press conference mm-hmm. was that it see they interviewed both Dave and Freeman around it too and I really don't think the scars are healed from Dave blabbing like he did about the the Otani deal because I think that Freeman really was frustrated that really was scared that they might have lost it and it seems that there might be some friction still and Otani in his contract did not say I want to stay and be with Dave Roberts he wants to stay and be with Andrew Freeman and Mark Walter and so it's it has a lot more to do with I think that there's still going to be tension going on this season could be I to be honest with you I, I think Dave Roberts is he's been on the hot seat he'll always be on the hot seat yes and he's only more on the hot seat than uh just because they're signing who they signed can I can I just throw this out there too I think the I don't think this is going to happen and I don't know how it works with Yamamoto's contract what if he defers too? what if he says hey I'll take 20 but put ten a year. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, listen, what, 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 the Dodgers are like, okay, we're gonna have to pay like billions uh, of dollars after this. I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. But here's the thing: they're going to have to either way put every every year. They're gonna have to put like in for uh, Shohei forty four million dollars goes into an ex- escrow account or whatever the case is. I, what if it doesn't stop and they just keep freaking okay. getting more and more? If players? that kicking the can down the road. If that happens, like where all of a sudden you've got this situation where you're looking at like. 75 to 80 million dollars of deferred money well down the line to two players i'm not accusing the dodgers of anything i want to see their books like i want to see where this money's coming from like there is a that's a lot of money to be paying guys not to pay not to play baseball like we're gonna set this up Mm -hmm. so 10 years from now like Again, Kershaw's I, probably going to end up signing next year and say, guys, I will take $180. Yeah. Like, I, I want to see how this money comes in. Ben I want to see how it's tracked. <laughs> I want to see how it's banked and logged. Like, I'm not accusing anyone of anything. Oh, man. I'm just saying I want to see it. If he ends up signing with the Dodgers. Like, you know, here's here's what's funny. The, the conversation was always... $200 micheladas. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's coming. The conversation was always, they don't even have to do that. Like they literally don't have to, their TV deal is so insane. They're gonna get. No, I mean, this is the this is stretching. This is stretching in. the limits of big TV deal. Like again, if you start talking about this type of deferred money, you're starting to talk about like a hundred million dollars annually yeah. deferred, well after guys aren't playing. When you don't even know for sure what your next TV deal is and all that stuff, I want to see the accounting. But I, I'm gonna go back to this. That's why I think the. That's why I think the Tyler Glass now thing is interesting. <laughs> Five years, 125, 35, whatever we say, 135 million. That's not typically <laughs> the what Dodgers they do. Are, They're just literally. The Dodgers throwing. are going to somehow be under the luxury tax yeah. after just bringing in Otani's for 700 mil. Have you guys and seen Yamamoto. Yeah. Parks and Recreation. Yeah. Okay, so in Parks and Recreation, there's an episode where April believes that she's um, Ron's assistant and is trying to push all of his meetings to a date that doesn't exist. And so she oh, says, yeah, okay, every birthday, every meeting is going to be on March 31st. Because she was under the impression that March only had 30 days. So she's like, oh, okay, I'll have this meeting on March 31st, et cetera, et cetera. And so then March 31st runs around, and Ron Swanson's like, 
I have a hundred meetings today. So <laughs> the Dodgers are putting all this money in the proverbial March thirty first, yes. hoping yeah, that are. it never comes around. But it's going to come around well, I mean, in well, ten years. It could be a joke. I don't think business will be a problem. The business, the money will be there. This, I, these are listen. As much as the Shohei thing, like let, let's all be completely honest with each other. As as phenomenal and unbelievable Shohei Otani is, business wins ten times oh, over oh, on that seven hundred million dollar deal. Business. I mean, it, it, someone explain to me how the dollars won't make sense. For the Dodgers with the show, it's deal. like getting LeBron. I mean, obviously the Lakers don't need any more help with marketing. But if LeBron went to the, uh, I don't know, the Timberwolves, that's just like an energy charge to your uh, sales. Yeah, I just want to. You see just want to see the books. I want to see the books. Like I want. I want to know even just how you plan for this. Yeah. Like th- I mean, this is a long, long-term plan mm-hmm. for a lot of deferred money. Yeah, I'm just waiting now for the Yamamoto. He deferred too. He's making actually. He one up Shohei. He's actually making one million like a year I, for ten years. I'm picturing Otani like. And then Freddie's like, I want to redo my contract. I'm picturing Otani every time he gets like a like a bank statement. He sees his direct deposit. He goes to the Dodgers like, I want to see your balance. I just want to see the balance. I want to see what's there. Then we can go on with the rest of our week. I want to see what's in there. Uh, Venmo me, guys. Just Venmo me. All right, we come back. We got hot and cold. Stay right here. Travis and Sleeve Show, 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right. So in the never-ending story of Otani and his dog, uh, it was he was asked yesterday about, what, what is the name of your dog? Because everyone was speculating, is it has something to do with the Dodgers, something to do with whatever other teams were you know, in the mix or whatever. So then uh, Otani said this. He says he, his dog's name is uh, Decopin. I Sorry, I might have said that wrong. But uh, he said, I figured Decopin would uh, would be hard for American people to pronounce. That's why he did not reveal the name of his dog when he was accepting his MVP trophy. I find that to be a little suspicious. <laughs> that decoy is just a little too perfect for the situation at hand. So I, we may not even know the real name of his dog still to this day. But he said, did say his uh, dog's name translated as essentially like decoys or like flick in the forehead. It's kind of like the two translations that could come from Decopin. Yeah, I was waiting for a couple follow-up questions from some of the hardcore journalists out there and saying, Shohei, we want the truth. We don't know if we, we don't believe you right now. We want to know what the real name is. I think you got a lot of people on pins and needles, and your dog is a good boy. I cannot <laughs> stress this enough. Yeah, Shohei spent that press conference saying absolutely nothing, being mm-hmm. blatant about how he was saying nothing, and basically screwing 
with the media that waited like two hours to get in there, and that is the most you're going to get out of him in 10 years. And hey, he can have his privacy. He can respect his privacy. Ain't it's my problem. That it, it is so funny just because <laughs> I don't of all the mystery around him. All right, so I'm going to go to who's cold. And now time for who or what's cold. How about the Giants? Okay, so who or what is cold is the Giants, San Francisco Giants. So San Francisco Giants obviously did not get Otani, um, did not get Glassman, did not get some people yet, but they did get uh, Jung Ho Lee, and he <laughs> signed with the Giants, and they released this kind of graphic, like, welcome to the Giants. And the graphic is him in a, in a uniform, hitting it, and the background is the stadium. But if you look at the graphic closely – the 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 um, stats and the in the score of the game in that graphic has the Dodgers beating the Giants. It's like six five in favor of the Dodgers. So of all the things, this can't why would you have this, this graphic with the Giants losing? That's insane to me. Was it a mistake? Do you think it was purposeful? Do you think that we're just being getting got by the Twitter world? No, I, I think listen, a hundred percent. It's a mistake. It's just a mistake that you can't make. And it's not like it was the Pirates. Right. You and interns that run the boards, you have vendettas against them. But think about that. It's not like it's a team that even – just pick any team. Pick any team in the American League. Just make sure it's not against the Dodgers, which, by the way, a couple days ago, it was um, – I'm mispronouncing his name here. Farhan Far – Zaidi? Yeah, was just literally saying, yeah, we matched the Dodgers. It's just Otani, maybe Geographic had something to do with it. You have so many ties against the Dodgers. Your graphic shows the Dodgers up in this game where you're envisioning your new player is going to play. Speaking of ties against the Dodgers, what about the reports that Artie Moreno opted not to match yeah, the I, Angels' I, I, offer? I'm trying to figure that one out. Um, I mean, there's a few ways – there's a few ways this could be, I, I guess, interpreted or might be the real story. First, if it's coming from the Otani side and being pushed from the Otani side, I would imagine, and it's not true. He wants like, to be a good guy. He on wants both to be the good sides. guy. Yep. Yeah, like he, he doesn't want to be seen as the bad guy, even though nobody's ever the bad guy for leaving the Angels. Like, no, it's impossible. Actually, to be the, the only way he was a bad guy is if he stayed with the Angels. <laughs> yeah. I'm not kidding. Literally, every reporter out there is like. The only way fans potentially kind of churn on this guy is if he stays with the Angels. It's like, all right, well, you right. clearly don't so care if that's, about winning. So if it's not true, I would imagine it's coming from the Otani side, and they're just trying to keep this guy from being unnecessarily painted as the villain. If it is true, particularly if it's coming from the Moreno side, my guess is either A, Moreno thought if they matched it, he would have still left, yeah, and his ego was too big for being left at the altar. Like, he was not going to say yes. Mm-hmm. He's not going to propose mm-hmm. and then have the significant other say no. Or Moreno decided, you know what? We had this guy for years. We never won anything. It's not worth $700 million. Nothing would have been new there. It's no. really the new is what's going on with the Dodgers. Okay, who's hot and who's cold is brought to you by NextGen. NextGen, the official AC heat and plumbing company, of SoCal sports fans, call 833-3-NEXTGEN or visit nextgenairandplumbing.com. Uh, Rams got a game coming up this weekend, and you and I spent a little bit of time 
uh, Emily, feel free to grab or uh, to, to, to get in on this one as well. We, we spent a little time just talking about, okay, yes, the Rams have kind of put themselves in this spot. They're 6-7 and seven on the season. The Commanders coming up this weekend. A potential, look, you win three of your last four games, and it, it's not crazy to think they could beat the Commanders, New Orleans, and New York, the Giants. However, it's also not crazy to go 2-1 and one and you don't make the playoffs because it is the NFL and you could lose yeah. any given week. And you can still technically make it even if they don't – if they um, Depending on how some of the other teams Lose two do. of the next four, yep. Yep. it would not be easy. It's not even going to be easy if they win three of the next four because so, they have to rely on other people. So this is what I would say is that if the Rams didn't make the playoffs, let's just – we're sitting here six and seven. At this stage, if I'd have told you before the season started the Rams didn't make the playoffs, it wouldn't be a surprise or a shock. You'd be like, yeah, they're not expected to make the playoffs. But now that they've got this far and they've competed with teams like Philly and competed with teams like Baltimore, probably should have beat the Ravens last week, and they've put themselves in a spot where they're this close to actually make that happen, what would you think if they didn't make the playoffs, knowing now what you know, they're 6-7, and seven, you kind of have this thing in front of you. Yes, you need a little help, but not that much help to go make it happen. And one more thing, too, just as a break for the Rams, Brian Robinson also will not play again this weekend. He's the commander's lead rusher. So they're out there, their lead rusher. They traded away two of their best def- defensive players. The commanders you should definitely beat. But Andy. For me, it depends a lot on the why and the specifics of how it didn't happen. Like, if they ultimately played pretty well over these games, but the rest of the league doesn't cooperate, when you take into account, I think they've played well for the majority of the season, or they certainly haven't played below reasonable expectations. They've played good teams for the most part pretty tight. The only game where they really just imploded against quality competition was against Cowboys. Dallas. Mm-hmm. And, and that the game- Packers, too. They, they, if they didn't take the um, second-string uh, quarterback so not seriously, they could have actually had Carson Wentz maybe a week before, and maybe he could have beaten the Packers. Because the Packers looked like crap that game. I am never feeling like anything with Carson Wentz is a sure thing. Sure, but we have he would be better than Brett Ruppin. Brett Ruppin was absolute trash. You're not wrong there, but let's say they even lost that game because it was a backup. They lost because it was a backup. Right, that right. Even even if they had right. a better back. I feel like this team has met met reasonable expectations, and let's just say an unexpected opportunity is potentially in front of them with the playoffs, and for whatever reason they play well over these remaining four games, but it just doesn't work out. It doesn't, to me, raise reasonable expectations for the season. I think the Rams have nothing to be ashamed about with this season. Nobody expected them to be a playoff team. If it turns out they're not a playoff team, it means they just rose to the level that everybody expected. Can I play a scenario for you? Sure. Let's say things do line up their way. And all they got to do, let's say they take care of these next two games. Now they're, um, let's say they're 8-7. and Mm -hmm. All you really got to do now is win one game on the road against the New York Giants. And if you beat the Giants, there's a good chance you're going to get into the playoffs. Things have lined up. Minnesota maybe dropped take it a, a game step here. Further. Green Bay has dropped a game here. I'm not even going to count that last Niners game because I don't know if Niners have no, no, already no. locked everything in. That's what I was going to say. You should count it because there's a real opportunity or a real possibility that by then the the Niners are just locked into a playoff spot. Can't go any higher, can't go any lower, and they sit a lot of guys. Rams could end up winning that game too. So that 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 one, I gotta feel like Jorge. You you know the Niners more than anybody. I, I don't know if it could happen. The, the problem is in the NFC right now. Niners are ten and three. Cowboys are ten and three. 
Maybe you're right. Maybe they maybe they're up a game and and literally that last game doesn't matter. And I think they already hold the tiebreaker over Dallas, so maybe that head to head is just it's it becomes irrelevant now. That Niner game could be something that comes into play, but I guess the point that I'm trying to make is you still got Matt Stafford, Matthew Stafford. You still got Cooper Cup. Aaron Donald is there. Puka's a stud. Sean McVay is the coach that we all look at and say, okay, Sean McVay clearly knows what he's doing. If they get to that stage where it's like their postseason is that close and these are guys that have done it before and this is a coach that's been in this position before, I think there definitely would be disappointment that – that it, especially if they're the team that lost, they had it was all in their hands. And, there's and a difference between disappointment in the sense of oh that sucks. It would have been we great so to close. see them in the playoffs. We're close and expectation. And, well, and disappointment where you're mad. Yeah, or like failure. Right. Like this this season is not a failure. It not is a failure. success. I agree with that. How that, well they played and, and the players that they have developed and that you can see how good they're yeah, playing. Yeah. Not all disappointment is created right. equally. Exactly. I think that it's it would be it would be almost like. It would be frustrating maybe because there's so many games that were so close to win that maybe luck didn't go their way, but they do have two wins that luck did go their way. Look, they played hard this year. And they've had things kind of work their way over these last few weeks, right? They just not. I I don't don't mm, think it's like working their way. They just played The Seahawks game, Geno Smith was out. That's how they won that game. And the missed field goal. And and the missed field goal. And then things kind of started. The Browns were not healthy. But against just, the Rams, but, but they were I mean, not healthy. Miles Garrett played, yes. so you have to, and he had no touches. The Rams outplayed the Browns, outplayed the Cardinals. I think that even if the Browns were completely healthy, they would have still beaten the Browns. Okay, here's the reason why I would not, if I'm a Rams fan, mm-hmm. why I would maybe be disappointed if they don't end up being able to pull out a playoff spot, but I wouldn't be mad. There was a point where this team was three and six, sure. and they were a team that had no expectations and coming into the saying, year. Stop trying to win, right? Go get a pick. They could have easily just laid down, and they did the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. As a fan, that you can't ask for any more than that. But can we please, just for the sake of football, instead of putting the freaking anybody from the NFC South, just put the Rams in. We want to see them more than we want to see whatever crappy NFC NFC South team comes out of there. Because like, I'd rather see the Rams over the Buccaneers. I don't want to see Baker Mayfield lose big in uh, their first playoff game. Yeah, I, I, I. I'm always I'm not too crazy about. It. I hate when teams have better records and then they don't get in. Or I, I'm with divisions you on that. are kind of they're kind of outdated. I agree with that. No, the NBA, honestly, much literally, the NBA. literally in the NBA, it means yeah nothing anymore. Kind of an outdated concept. And to have somebody, what year was it? What was it in Seattle that got in and they were seven and nine or something? And like there's that? sometimes been NFC East teams that have gotten in below 500. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, I hate it's, seeing that. It's so annoying because you clearly that. don't. You have to be above 500 in order to get a playoff spot. It just should be a no-brainer. Yeah, I, I don't agree. That's with that. not a bad idea. All right, we got the uh, dump coming up next. Stay right here, Travis and Sleeva Show, AK in the house, seven ten ESPN. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy splats, uh, sports platform in North America. Let me tell you guys a little bit about it. Travis and I talk about it all the time. Um, it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you just got to pick more than or less than on a two to six player stat projection and watch the winnings roll in. So I'm taking a look right now, seeing some uh, some of these games coming up in the NBA. Victor Wembanyama. Lakers obviously got the Spurs a little bit later today. 21 points. That seems low. I'm going to go more than for Victor Wembanyama, who dropped 30 on the Lakers in that last contest. Kevin Durant. This one's a little bit different. This one is rebounds plus assists. 
11. More than or less than rebounds and assists totaling 11. I'm going to go more than. So I got Wembenyama more. I got KD more. Here's the best part about uh, prize picks. Make your picks. Submit it in about 60 seconds. So it literally takes no time. 710 has a great incentive for those that are just signing up. Go to prizepicks.com forward slash 710. Use that code 710 for a first deposit match of up to $100. It's prizepicks.com forward slash 710. Use that code 710 for a first deposit match of up to 100 bucks. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Okay, I think what better way to start the dump when we're well, holiday season. Yesterday we did our draft. We had our Christmas songs on there. Um, everybody's probably out shopping around right now. You're going to a holiday party this weekend. On this day in 1968, Philadelphia Eagle fans threw snowballs at Santa. What do you think? That? What do you think that? <laughs> it's so Philadelphia. I mean, just, and it's almost like we have accepted it. It's not a big deal because... What was Santa doing? He probably asked for it. He wanted to get hit by a snowball somehow. He, he probably antagonized the I Eagles gotta be honest, a little bit. That I'm question is not asked enough, what Emily just did right there. She's saying, well, let's. there's always two sides to a story here. Philly fans have their side. Or I, well, the only side that we have is Santa's side. Are you suggesting that Santa knows what he did? Well, yeah, exactly. He might have said that Sheets is better than Wawa. He said might have said that you can't get water ice in, in Philly anywhere. He yeah. ordered wit, not without. Yeah, exactly. So there, there could have been things that he could have been asking for trouble. And if you, you, know, you mess around and you find out. So Santa found out really quickly. All right, if there's one stadium, if you're going to go rock an opposing team's hat, let's say. Is it is it a Philly game that you're least look look I I've I've walked into Dodger Stadium and I've had a Padre hat but it's not like the Padres have seven World Series stacked up and it's always it's much different if it's a Giants hat <laughs> Giants feels much more dangerous much more dangerous that's right? much more dangerous I'm trying to think like Lakers jersey the, to the Celtics to Boston Lakers jersey I've, to Boston I've to done me, that can I I'll tell a quick story you've done that I've done that oh. so this was back in. Probably about 10, let's say 10 years ago, something like that. Mark Cates, who's on the other side, um, has MC marketing Award-winning MC. Award-winning. He's been, he's basically been here for over 15 years. Him and I took some clients to a Lakers-Knicks game and a Lakers-Celtics game. I wore my Magic Johnson purple road jersey to the garden, and I kind of just let it be. 95% of the fans there... 
It's cool jersey, man. Couple guys wouldn't stop turning around and giving me the bird, and every time something happened, you know, was doing what they were doing. So I had one of those. Uh, I I misunderstood you for a second. I thought you meant you wore Celtics gear into a Laker game. No, no, no. That's no, why no, I, no. I was wore, like, why? Wore, my, wore my Laker gear in Boston. I think the most dangerous thing to do. I mean, we unfortunately we've seen that stuff can get very, very out of hand yep. with Giants and Dodgers fans. I feel also like wearing opposing opposing gear or rival gear to a Raider game. Yeah. That's that taking a risk. I, yeah. I, so I think what the funniest thing about Eagles fans in general, I lived in Philadelphia for like six months, so it's not wasn't a long time, but I got the I got the vibe of the city. But every time the Eagles or the Phillies or the Flyers, whomever, is in the postseason, it's always so funny when they do like kind of like the man on the streets yeah. interviews with yeah. people. They uh, <laughs> so this is one man on the street. I believe this was for the Eagles. It's nice to be back with the tailgate friends. It's nice to be back with the tailgate boys again. Yeah, nice to be back with the tailgate boys again. But they also get the people that are so mad. Like after the Phillies uh, didn't do very well with their, I want to say it was NLCS this year. Uh, it's just like, yeah, against Arizona. fire everybody, get them out of the building. They okay. are the most fired up fans. Actually, I think I think there's a hat that would do worse at Dodger Stadium. I think if you walked in with an Astros hat today, it okay. would be worse than I think a Giants because the Astros literally stole you World can, Series. You can at least respect the Giants, like as an organization, yeah. even if you hate them as a Dodger fan. Yeah, you could say, hey, that's a rivalry. I mean, Give them, they've they're, won they're World Series. They're clearly well run. They've had success. Like yep. it's, it's hard to call the Giants a bunch of frauds Astros or whatever. Astros is a different one. Yeah. That would be the and one. And they took something from you through ill-gotten means. Yeah. Every time the Giants have beaten the in the uh, – Dodgers in a series or whatever. Yeah. Artfully said. It's a battle. Yeah. it's a, And it's like, it's okay, real. it's mano a mano, let the best man win, whatever the case is. Mm -hmm. uh, you said something about going to a Raider, like a wearing opposing gear at a Raider home game. I feel I like... I could go a step further. I used to wear Charger gear in San Diego because it was the San Diego Chargers. <laughs> and Raider fans there were like, nah, you can't wear that here. I don't, I, I don't know if I understand. I always tell Trav the story here. I was one time I was trying to park. Me and a buddy of mine. I'm wearing like a Chargers jacket, my hat, whatever, and parking at Qualcomm Stadium. You know, okay, wh wh wherever you can find a spot, just find a spot. And I pull into a section. It's like a Raider section, and just a guy comes up, you know, front of my car. He's like, "No, not here." I'm like, "What's that?" He's like, "I put my window down." At that time, it was my Nissan Frontier, so I'm going like this, right? I'm rolling my window down. I'm like, he's like, "Yeah, you can't park here." Uh, Raider fans only. I'm like, no problem. I just went, pulled out, went all the way. I, even though I'm in San Diego, California, it was like, no, it was, a, it was basically a Raider home game. Um, okay, part of the other trade that we didn't really talk about, Manuel Margot from the Rays is part of this deal. M just put these stats up here. Sounds like he likes playing at Dodger Stadium. He's hit six home runs at Dodger Stadium, his third most of any ballpark in his career, trailing only two home stadiums, Petco Park and Tropicana Field. Uh, most home runs by stadium. Manuel Margot's got six at Dodger Stadium, seven at Tropicana Field, and apparently he's um, Babe Ruth at Petco Park. He's 15 at Petco Park. 
but also six in 25 games, too. It's like, so the other ones. Oh, that's right, 215 games. So, so Peco Park, he's played 215 games, he's hit 15 home runs. Tropicana yeah. Field, he's played in 176 games and hit seven home runs. Dodger Stadium, he's played 25 games and he's hit six home runs. That means that he must love hitting here. Okay, Mace is the perfect one to ask because Mace will go to plenty of Dodger games. He obviously is very passionate about the Los Angeles Dodgers. What would anger you more? You're at Dodger Stadium. Yes. You're sitting in your seat just right. trying to enjoy a game. Yes. You just ordered a hot dog, some peanuts. You got a beer coming and everything else. Nice, nice. Somebody walks. Helmet nachos? Um, I got to have the helmet nachos. You didn't have them because oh. since they signed Shohei, that price went a little high, so you oh. were not you were not excited about $200 nachos. $200 nachos. Yes. Not in your budget. Somebody walks by yep. with a Giants hat. Okay. Are you angry? No. Okay. Are they playing the Giants? They are. Yes, they're playing the Giants. Yeah, you can wear. Okay. I, I, I okay, want to no. live in a world where it's okay to wear. By the, the way, you're 100% right. Yeah. 100% right. They're not playing the Giants. There's two guys that watch. They're playing. They're playing Tampa. It doesn't matter who they're playing. Okay, so this is just two rando guys wearing. One Giants guy walks. Hats? One guy walks around with a Giants hat. The other guy walks around with an Astros hat. Who do you hate more? Astros guy, I think I think we're right here. Astros yeah. guy stole it's gotta, World Series. You can at least respect the Giants yeah. as yeah. an organization, yeah. Yeah. yeah, even if you don't like them. Correct. The Astros organization, Astros, right, stole our World Series. Cappy in the house. I'm here. Cappy. I am here. What's um, up, Cappy? Mace, you just cracked me up. First of all, you you are owning this whole Shannon Sharp cardigan sweater <laughs> thing. It's killing it. Okay, killing yes. the game. I got. I honestly, I'm so jealous. Yeah. I'm so jealous. I want these sweaters. Well, you know, they're from my designer. I'm a son. They have beautiful stuff there. Yep. Exclusive. They do exclusive this stuff. I believe this is actually I'm a son brand. Ooh. Believe it or not. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Nice piece. Brand. You can do this, man. Yeah, they have their own brand. They I call know. it, I think they call it Amazon Essentials. <laughs> wow. I believe that's the name. Tell you what, man, it's a nice piece. Thank you, man. Thanks. It helps to know Amazon. It, it really does. helps to know. It helps him, to know the designer. Cap, yeah. what's going on? How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. It's Friday, and um, because of the Laker game, yeah. we got a combo plate, which is good and bad. It's good because it gets me out early. It's Friday, man. I want to yeah. get out, and enjoy some of this sunshine. You know, it's like, and and here's the thing. I don't know about you guys. I'm in holiday party mode. Oh, really? I, you know, I. There are not as many holiday parties this year. This oh guy's got. Uh, have you been to a lot? AK's um, got one. Two I this have weekend. potentially two. Definitely one this weekend. Wow. Oh yeah, Mace. I got holiday party this afternoon. Yep. This was my uh, my divorce attorney's. It's his law firm. Oh, lovely. So, so I'm practically putting on a party for a couple hundred people here yeah, this afternoon. Okay. You know. Yeah. Now, do you uh, funded this party? <laughs> yeah, I mean, essentially, right? Um, and um, and then tomorrow, I got the Parkers party. Oh, the Parkers! What right. about the Mitchells? The are Mitchells, the Mitchells doing a party this Schmitz. year? The the Mitchells are on Christmas Eve. Oh wow! Okay, but That's but bad. Andy, you'll love this. My family has turned it into a tradition now. This is year two coming up, so it's a tradition. Christmas Eve, Disneyland. Oh really? Oh. Now is Disneyland crowded on Christmas I Eve? I gotta imagine it's empty. It's um, it's not terribly crowded, but you see, now that all four of my kids are like young adults, right? We don't wait in the lines anymore. We go to the individual fill-in person line. 
Do you know what that is, Mace? I, I Single rider. Don't have the... You're not with a group, I guess. Oh, right. Yeah. So you break yeah. up and you ride individually. So Single you... rider. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Thank you, Jorge. That makes sense. That makes Single sense. rider. And so now we don't care. We get to every. We'll try and set a record next year or this this Christmas. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, we, I think we did 14 or 15 rides last year. We're going to try and break that record. Now you know what we do on Christmas Eve. No, tell me. Feast of the Seven Fishes. Mm. Do you oh, know right, Feast of, of the Seven Fishes? You've explained this to me before. Yeah, so the idea is that, and this is, I grew up with this. By the way, some people, Ireland does not believe this is even a thing. And there's actually a movie on Netflix called Feast of the Seven Fishes. Remember this Fishes. came up but, in the bear. But, but before uh, you, bear, right. Mace, but before you do it, yeah. Jorge's telling us to do something. What do you think he's telling us to uh, do? Let's see. Is it Super Cross Talk? Combo plate. I love these. Well, combo plate, actually. Okay, so I completely interrupted. Hey, Mace. Mace, are Yens Italian? Yens. Yeah, we are Italian and we have the Feast of Seven Fishes. Well, yeah, because that's what I think of. I think of this as being like a very Italian, Midwestern sort of thing. It's also a big Yenser thing. Yeah, oh, big Yinzer thing. Yin's going down the basement eating the seafood. <laughs> right. Yin's um, going to red up down there and that. Red up down there. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Andy, you know, Andy and Slee were like, what are you two doing? Whatever right it now? is, well, it I, sounds good. I mean, I, I am. sounds amazing. Cappy, I'm alienated by this on many levels, <laughs> as you know. <laughs> like, there's so much about the, the Feast of the Seven Fishes that I just don't know. Oh, yeah. Okay, Same. so. Uh, the idea is that you find a way to eat seven fishes on the night of the seven fishes, Christmas mm-hmm. Eve. Uh, and uh, so you generally, shrimp is always there. Cod is a really big one. Okay. Cod is salted cod. They call that bacala. Uh, bacala. So bacala. Uh, my uh, grandmother would make eel. We don't do Oof. that anymore. Uh, okay. But it's super creepy, but we would have eel. That is a very acquired taste. Octopus. Squid, I love octopus. Scallops. Anchovies. Scallops. Okay. Shrimp. I, I mean, on and on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do calamari. This- Can we do some oh, calamari? calamari. Okay, good. Absolutely. But like, it's got to be seven different dishes, correct? correct. Seven like, different dishes. You can't just cheat and make like a ceviche. Hey, here's Chiapino. Let's go. <laughs> that's a good Let's question, roll. Andy. Andy, that's a solid question. Yeah. Could you could you make could you make a a like, ceviche and just have it all in a seafood one spoon? gumbo? Yeah. Right. Have all seven <laughs> yeah. fishes in one. Has anybody ceviche? thought about yeah. that? No, but that's a really nice shortcut. <laughs> it Mace, really is. It's going to save Mace, a lot of time. Uh, point of information. Yes. Point away. Is shrimp a fish? Yes, we count it as fish. Okay, so like an eel is a fish. That is correct. Yes. The, and a scallop the, is a fish? A scallop is loosely defined as a fish. I and guess an octopus. It's the night of seven seafoods, if you want to be really specific about okay, it. Okay, because I don't I think it's kind of going against the spirit of the holiday myself. <laughs> imitation crab. <laughs> imitation crab is really good. Do they still well, have do they still make imitation crab? Yeah, it is, but I technically do, that yeah. that's just Pollock, which is a fish. Oh, is that what it is? I'm oh, pretty sure counts. most We're imitation crab is Pollock. These are fair questions. Yeah. Yes. I don't know if you were, I don't know if you thought those questions were coming in, but no, I feel like we got I a much not, better idea. Did not think the mm-hmm. imitation crab. But it all goes back to holiday parties. Oh right, that's so, where we started. Sure. So um, I got holiday parties, and then next week, Mace. Yeah. When, I, I mean, I'm so into the holiday spirit right now. I'm feeling it. I've got a holiday 
lunch on Monday. Nice. I've got one wow. on Tuesday. Wow. I've Jeez. got one on Wednesday. Damn. I mean, yeah, I mean, every day next Good week life. is booked with like holiday stuff. Yeah. See, we're we have the Harris's party on Saturday night. Oh, the Harris's are lovely. They, uh, Susan, Dennis, that whole oh, crowd. Dennis is such a good dude. Dennis is Dennis a great, such a good dude. He's a great guy. I don't know. The whole family, yeah. uh, Bailey and Lindsay and oh, baby Donna. Cap is yeah. Cap and Dennis don't get along. That's it's what's not, crazy you know, to me. Slee, it's just that we had that thing that time. No, I know. Thing yeah, that we, time with the, the place. Thing, the time, no, right. We, we the had that thing. The thing. Mm-hmm. That time. And, you know. I it got just, ugly. I mean, I, I've I mean, never seen anything like it. I've never yeah. seen Cap that angry. Yeah. And, but 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 I think, you know, as far as Dennis goes, you know, we can we can, we can can move on as great, far as I'm concerned. Great, guys. So, uh, Slee, what about you? Holiday parties? You're doing that whole holiday party thing? So, closer to. You want to come over to the Harris's uh, that, Saturday night, well, tomorrow he, night? He texted me. Oh, but did Dennis text Yeah, he did. He texted you. But I but I said. If Cap's not going, I'm not oh, going. Right, because they have that falling out. I can't believe he would text you knowing the background. Well, yeah. I drove Cap that night, so I felt responsible. Right, you yeah. were in the. So middle now of you it. want me right. to go to Dennis's house without right. Cap? That's yeah. not happening. No, not right. cool. I don't, in fact, you know what? I'll tell you something right now. By the way, the Harrises are listening right now, and they probably <laughs> yeah. think this is the funniest damn. <laughs> Bros before Harrises is yeah. what Dennis, you're saying right now. It was not, listeners like, what did Cap do? Yeah, I don't know, but it's here. not cool. I mean, it's to to go directly to you, Slee, behind my back by Dennis. Yeah. Not Don't good. appreciate that. Yeah. The enemies list: Joe Fortenbaugh and Dennis Harris. <laughs> I was say, right. Kathy just left and right. That list keeps increasing. Yeah. No, Cap. Uh, everybody loves Cappy. Dennis Harris is now pissed. Yeah, okay. he's probably a little pissed. All right, AK is trying to break down the Dodgers payroll. And, oh yeah, and he has. He feels like there's something. If we're gonna stay with this, uh, the seven fishes. Yes. Something fishy going on. With oh, the Dodgers. what's fishy? I, I just want to see the books. What, why? Because the idea of all of this deferred money, and really this started coming to me when we were talking about Yamamoto. Yes. And Alan raised the question of, because that's going to be another expensive deal, whoever ends up probably with Yamamoto. Probably 25 to 30 yeah, a year. Yeah, and probably 10 years. Mm-hmm. Alan I mean, if Glassnow is going to get $27.5 right? right? They, they've yeah. just brought in Glassnow, and Alan brought up the idea of what if Yamamoto, because he and Otani have this relationship, right. Otani's been recruiting him, what if Yamamoto also deferred some oh, of that money? What if he just says, keep going, idea. keep right. going, get more? Shinobu, let's go, let's okay. defer. At that and point, then this I need started. to see the books. Why? Because I need to know how you're going to be able to manage, like, anywhere from, in this scenario, 70 to $100 million of deferred money yeah, to players yeah. who aren't even playing baseball okay, anymore. Can I, just, can I just point something out? What, what's so hard to understand here? So the, even though he's only getting $2 million this year, because they amortize it or do some fancy formula, it's going to count for 44, 44 against the cap. And by the way, and then on the in. other side of it, at the when they start getting the money back, it'll only count as Thirty-five oh, million not, a year. Oh, I'm not talking about how this affects the cap. Oh, I mean, I want to see the books just to figure out how you are projecting out like seventy to a hundred million dollars the of Dodgers, theoretical money. He it's thinks a, the like Dodgers have an <laughs> I'm auto not shop. Saying that there's a shell organization involved, <laughs> yeah, like or scheme. yeah, that, that I just want to see how this. I'll sign an NDA. Yeah. I'm not going to say. I just want to know. How do you plan for this? He thinks forward? Freddie Freeman has a laundromat that, like, all this stuff is going. <laughs> don't through. say any names. Don't say any wash. names. That's how you Mookie's, end up. Mookie's car wash. Mookie's car wash. These guys Wait, all are this... involved with cash-heavy organizations. Yes, yes, the money's very clean, is what. Like you're all saying. of a sudden next year, like instead of taking credit cards, like all cash concessions, yes. everything has to be. They sure. don't accept any Venmo. They don't accept any cards. 
Boy, want to see that. Cap, you want to see the books. I know, but Andy, are you are you genuinely curious? Like, gosh, I have to know how did they possibly do this? Or are you super cynical? Like, they're doing something dirty. I want those books, and I want to find. Here's what it is, Cap. I want to see the books. So I don't have to wonder whether anything is going on. Because that, that think about it. That is crazy, the idea of how much potential money is being allotted down the line. Right. When you don't truly know where your finances are. You can project everything, but you don't know. And again, I want to make it clear just so people understand. I think they'll pay the 700 by actually, the time this year is done. I'm not actually accusing anyone. I'm genuinely curious, how do you go about projecting money at that type of scale because i mean we we celebrate bobby bonilla day sure. like it's some big thing that's Every like a million, really, really you right. celebrate that day i don't really find myself yeah celebrating no, I, that day. I send out cards you do yeah. yeah i send out a bobby bonilla day card absolutely for those dennis who celebrate sent me a card oh, no, dennis did <laughs> dennis send sent you a card for bonilla day for bonilla day, day. Yeah. For bonilla Boy, day. i tell you what yeah. this guy dennis he got some <laughs> set of you know what <laughs> this guy got a set of cool yans i'll tell you that well, right he, now. i mean he hangs out with fortinborough yeah yes he does so I, here's the wow. thing. I, I, Andy, I understand you're concerned about the books and all that stuff. I would like to point out that Mark Walter, who runs the Guggenheim Group, mm-hmm. is himself worth $5.8 billion. I just, I'm not too worried. I just Andy, want to know Andy, how this works. Andy, supposedly. Right. Five point. How much of that money is deferred that he's worth? Andy needs to see the books on his I want to see wealth. the books. Hey, Cap, how, how much of the worst-kept secret that Staley was going to get fired this morning was this morning? Wow. I mean, my phone started buzzing at about 9.30 with people celebrating. Mine started buzzing last night uh, about halftime. Yeah, I know. I was saying we were at Yamava yesterday, Salih, and I'm like, why not fire him now? And you know that DeMarco was like, no, you don't fire him now. I'm like, why not? Like, like say to the world, this to this team against the Raiders, who were scoreless last week. Yep. Didn't score a point. On Thursday night football on national television. Yep. At halftime, it's 42 to nothing. God, can you imagine? Fire him at halftime and make a statement that this doesn't work for us. So you would just elevate somebody at halftime of the game last night. Yeah, Coach Giff. Coach Giff. Coach Giff. I thought, Mm -hmm. by the way, I thought it was going to be Kellen Moore. Well, I think everybody everybody thought thought that, that that he was like the head coach next. He was going to have the next shot. But instead of going to their offensive coordinator or their defensive coordinator, they went to their outside linebackers coach. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. What I would have done is this. I'd have handed it off to Justin Herbert. said, listen, you coach for the next couple of weeks. (laughs) You know, we're paying you a fortune. You can't play. You coach. You know what I want to know? And obviously this team quit on Brandon Staley. That was really clear. You think? But last night – you know when that uh, defensive lineman for the Raiders went rumbling down yeah. the field and scored that touchdown? <laughs> yeah. There was nobody chasing him. No, they're like, let him go. It was it was an embarrassment. I wonder where like the the pride is. Where's the pride? No Next pride. Trying to up chase at, that guy down at halftime. Remember you were talking about Staley said we got to show some pride in the second half, like yeah. basically saying, hey, look, the game's over. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully there's a little bit of effort left, but. It, it's kind of, but I mean that guy ran like an eleven second forty, and they could not catch him. Right, but night. here's the thing: big dude yeah. tackling him could hurt. Oh, so it's business decision. It's a business decision yeah. to some degree. It mm-hmm. is. There was there was a moment it, it, after the game when Staley's Were you trying doing to keep his, the game within fifty six or something. Yeah, Who cares? Yeah. After Staley, after the game, Staley's doing his presser. I actually genuinely was like, I feel bad for this guy. Really? That, the fact, and I'll t- I'll tell you why, Cappy. 
it's not that Staley shouldn't have been fired a lot earlier. It's not that Staley's not a head coach. Should, of course, clearly the guy should not be a head coach in the NFL. Yes. It's Dean is dumb enough to bring him back and <clears throat> also dumb enough to keep him there that it almost churned on me to where it's like, this poor somebody please take this guy off of the podium. The guy should have been fired yeah, it was four or really, five weeks ago. That was a really rough post game session. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that's on Dean. That's not. I mean, well, Staley's not a good coach, but Dean's the one putting him there. Yeah, and it was great last night. Slee, I'm assuming that you're sort of celebrating the fact that the Chargers have become yet again a national laughing stock. Um, probably nothing I enjoy more at this stage of my life in the world of sports than seeing the Chargers God, lose. So, yeah. I, I, by the way, it's not healthy. I our, our brother in saltiness. I love Slee. Get it. Completely yeah. get it. If if my team had up and left, I'd be like, screw you too. Yeah, I was that way for years with the now Arizona Cardinals. When oh, they left right. St. Louis, I was bitter, bitter for decades. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and it, it was, I don't think it's just me here. I don't think L.A. really cares no, that nobody much in LA about cares. the Chargers. Doesn't so, give dude, a listen, you go to the L.A. Times today, there's a picture on the front page of the sports section, which is Telesco, the GM who was just fired, yep. and Staley, the head coach who was just fired. And I would think that nine out of ten people might pick up that paper, and I don't mean pick it up physically, but go onto their website and go, yeah. who are those two characters? Because yeah. in the sports scene of L.A., that's that's not the GM of the Lakers. Yes, yeah, screenshot you know? that because it's going to be gone in you know half an hour. Yeah, and then the Chargers will go back to not having any news at Total all. Total obscurity. What are you guys doing today? Well, it's going to be weird. It's combo plate, so it's me and Cappy. Uh, Bergman went, uh, took the afternoon yeah. off. He's not I guess, feeling went, well. Went yeah. home, uh, not feeling well. So Emily is going to stick. <gasps> jumping in. Look at him jumping she in. Emily, was he puking? Was Bergie puking? No, he just did not look. He looked worse for wear, for sure. Yeah, he really yeah. didn't look so good, huh? Yeah, you look at his face is just like yeah you should go home. yeah and producer really? producer brian's here and we're gonna screw around for a couple hours and then we got lakers basketball but we're giving away fifth row fridays today that. matthew barry's coming on for yep. some uh some talented mr roto action uh all the usual stuff we're gonna do radio tinder all right great yeah all is, that stuff is dennis coming on or he's not dennis coming on? Uh, refuses to come on the show when okay. cappy is here dennis doesn't want to come on nope Will not come well, on. Tell you what, he's picked the right day to not come on because I am feeling prickly today. Oh, good. All right, there Very you go. Prickly. All right, Supercross Talk is brought to you by In-N-Out Burger. In-N-Out Burger, that's what a hamburger is all about.